Hey everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. It's your host, Sam, back with another episode. Thank you all for listening. As always, I deeply appreciate it. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about my my testimony. Um, it's interesting because in my last episode, if you haven't checked it out, definitely want to do that. Um, that was posted on Sunday. Um, I talk about, you know, just go time and how it's time for me to ramp things up. But I kind of recently had a conversation and mostly thoughts around my testimony and how it correlates with my current season and how God has been working on me. Now, anyone that I think that you know that has probably done well in their life attributes their success to God and their relationship with him. And I think that's a key piece to take away. Um, When I first started Everything in Me, I was in such a different place. I was really looking for an avenue to express myself and to have a space where I could say how I felt. And it's interesting because there were times where I would post certain things and I felt like I didn't want to include too much God and I didn't want to to shy, you know, certain listeners off. But I think that's not something I can control. (laughs) My audience, you know, as a whole, it varies from location um, seeing so many listeners from all over the globe, it it's daunting. It's scary to me. It's scary to me because we operate in our own space, in our own bubble. And sometimes we forget and think that we're part of a larger ecosystem that is this earth. And there's so many different voices and thoughts and um, approaches to life and experiences. And sometimes they get overlooked. And I like to think that people who are drawn to my podcast are searching they're in this space of trying to pull back some layers. They're in this space of trying to identify themselves better and connect with themselves and recognize themselves better. Through the experiences I've had, I try to shed the most accurate, honest, time-sensitive information. There have been some episodes where I've gone back to my childhood just to create the connection and kind of work back a little bit so there's context. Um, Because I think that context, which you know, is basically the bread and like, what are the ingredients behind the ultimately produced um, version? What, what does that look like now? um, It's, it's interesting because my testimony includes so many different things that seem like they don't relate to where I'm at right now. Um, I've been through some really rough times. Um, some really hard times, some lows, some lows, lows, lows. I've had depression. I've had suicidal thoughts before. I've had an abortion. I've um, had to sacrifice money, um, my sense of self. I've been in situations that I shouldn't have been in with men. Um, I've been, you know, laid off before. I have been scolded. I've been embarrassed. Um, I've had some lows. Um, I didn't understand how important those pieces were. And how important hitting your rock bottom is. Um, a book that I'm listening to right now, Bamboozled by Jesus, um, it's it really is pulling on those strings. So one of the things that I think comes up a lot when people are in search of validation and understanding their current circumstance and, and just correcting themselves and, and identifying if they're on their divine destiny or have they got off track, they're looking for signs, they're looking for you know connection points where God drops gems. And I don't think that it happens um, 
where he drops these gems because you're bored. He drops them because you're on your path. So in order to receive what it is he wants for you, you have to be on your path. Now, going back to the lows that I've had, those were the defining or some of the, the, the what you might call the negative defining moments. There were some of the rock bottoms that I needed to rebuild what it is or where I was. It's kind of like going to a cul-de-sac. You know, it is definitely a road. It definitely has, you know, lined houses or businesses, whatever, but those are not the, that's not the through street. That's not the highway. That's not the way for better, you know, um, for a better path. It's a temporary kind of like dead end, if you will. Um, and so they do serve a purpose. They serve a complete purpose where there's a, there's a very obvious stop. Um, there's no way through it. And there's also an opportunity for you to sit in it if you want to, because there's enough space. Um, and so because I've had those moments in life, it's caused me to look at just my lows differently. And one of the ways that I look at my lows is that it's an opportunity to find a definitive and, um, you know, a cul-de-sac, a stop, <laughs> stop button, um, wrong direction. You've exhausted all of the resources in that direction button. Um, it's a very concrete answer and it's such a blessing, even though it may seem like it's ripped everything out of you. It's an answer. It's a direct, you know, blaring answer. It's not a, maybe it's not a keep going. It's nothing. It's here. That That's it. There isn't anything. And I've taken it like that. I haven't necessarily taken it where it's going to walk with me as I, you know, redirect, as I go through my highs, as I enjoy my success and bask in, you know, the experiences I've had, it's been a part of my story. And it's not something that I've completely shied away from on this, this platform. I've gotten, you know, touched upon these different things. I've talked about these different things, maybe not in great detail, because I don't think that, I don't think that going into great detail really is, I wouldn't say necessary, because I do think there are times where context obviously makes sense, but they have to make sense in what I'm talking about. It can't just be like random. Let me tell you, let me just drop the shit bombs of all the things that I've gone through, um, simply because I think that we are fed so much negative nastiness, you know, unintentional or intentional energy that we have to be very careful what we choose to consume. So it's, I'm mindful of what I put out that I am very honest and I'm and upfront about whatever it is that I've gone through, but I am mindful not to allow that to be the star of the show. It is, it gives depth and it definitely gives, you know, a better understanding and, and overall sense of what it is, you know, the range or the possibilities could be, but it doesn't necessarily steal the show. It's not the star of the show. The star of the show is perseverance. The star of the show is resiliency. The star of the show is God giving me the strength, the faith, the courage to keep going. And so that's the leading factor. So that's also something as an individual we have to be better about is that we tend to lean towards hearing the negative aspects of a story more than the positive and the uplifting endings or experiences because the tragedies and the traumas seem to be more enticing, seem to be more um, entertaining than the actual potential, you know, outcomes that could be transformative. Um, that's something that I, I really do 
I really, really do want for everyone is to be in that state of metamorphosis and, you know, excelling and, and growing and enjoying and basking in a better version of themselves. And I really try to hone in on that. And my testimony, it, it completely includes that. That is the goal. That has always been the goal. That will always be the goal. Um, one of the, the beautiful blessings of being kind of dynamic um, individual is that you understand your range and you understand that you have range. You understand your challenges are not your, your, you know, pitfalls. They're not sometimes even personal. They're part of the choices that God has, you know, had for you. Meaning if you are called to do something great, you best believe that you are not going to have a walk in the park. That's just not, it doesn't come with the territory. And, you know, it's not always that the depths of, you know, challenges you go through are going to be, um, you know, too hard for you to overcome, but it definitely means that it's not going to be like, you know, white on rice and th there's no question about it. It's, it's definitely going to have its, its pitfalls and something that I've been kind of, I hadn't had a, 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 a concrete way of addressing this kind of knowledge that I've kind of picked up these last couple of months or a year or so about just breaking cycles. Now, this is something that I had been learning about through slavery and the different, um, the different legacies that, you know, are removed from slavery and the gen generations and ancestors that are connected to it and the different just challenges with that era and that um, state of mind and that experience and how how long it essentially takes a generation there's research around it how long does it take this generate a generation to um, look at life differently perceive that they belong you know accept its challenges be successful all of those sort of things and obviously every case is a little bit different but obviously the, the idea is the further removed from it, the better chances, you know, the individuals have at a better life. And that includes like opportunity mindset, um, you know, dynamics within that generation. Um, there's a lot of pieces. And one of the things that really drew me to this research and this conversation was that I felt like there's a big burden or responsibility either put on a person or persons um, to break the cycle. And by the cycle, I mean oppression. By the cycle, I mean um, the cycle of poverty and um, lack of education, lack of knowledge. And that's something that personally I feel responsible for. The reason why I say that is because of the outcomes I've already had so far and my choice in direction and my calling. Now, something I say in private a lot, and I'll share with you guys maybe because it, it'll be beneficial to you all. I don't have anyone in my family that I can connect with when it comes to my story and what I've done with my life thus far. Meaning I don't have cousins, family members, friends, um, not necessarily friends, but, um, you know, brother, sister, whomever to say, yeah, we've all kind of followed the same trajectory of went to school, got our education, um, got careers, got married, had kids. That's a simple, you know, you know, expectation, if you will. You know, um, I'm the only one with a degree in my family, much less two degrees. Um, the only one who's had a stable job. 
um, that I've been able to not, you know, I've been blessed not to have to ask for money or, you know, really genuinely be, you know, homeless or, um, you know, second guess things. I haven't been married yet or had physical, you know, kids of my own, um, yet, but I am blessed to be able to sustain myself, have healthy, happy relationships with, you know, my family and my perspective on thing is things are a lot different than a lot of my family members. I don't get the same <clears throat> experiences from people, meaning like there'll be people in the family that obviously are rough around the edges, are always talking shit, you know, that are problematic. But with me, they're hopeful, they're positive, they're encouraging. They don't have, they don't give that same energy. So I have demanded or my energy has radiated that I only want good vibes. I only want um, good experiences from people. I don't want to be burdened with the, uh, you know, people being overly and excessively rude and, you know, unacceptable when it comes to their behavior and their words and how they treat people. That's one of the things that I've always stood for. And it's gotten me into a lot of shit. <laughs> it's gotten me into a couple battles um, when it comes to ego and just breaking cycles and that sort of stuff. But it's something that I deeply cherish and I appreciate for those who are able to manage their behavior, who are able to respect my boundaries and, you know, continue on a path of being respectful towards others and loving towards others. It's not always perfect. Um, I'm appreciative of that. There's a lot of things that I've been able to manage about my life and within my situation that, you know, realistically or honestly has not translated in other generations. And whether it be the one that gets everyone together, I think that person alone has a huge responsibility. That's who I am. And it's a scary place to be in because of the responsibility. And I don't think of myself as this grand person, not to say that I don't have those qualities, but overall, I don't see myself as being that overly commanding person who is calling on the room, who is in charge, who is navigating things, who is instructing things, who is very impactful. That's not who I operate from. I operate from a place of just like, I do what I genuinely feel is right for me. I do what I genuinely feel that I can live with, that I can be happy with. And in certain times I have to speak up and certain times I have to shut up. <laughs> and so my testimony is really around the fact that God is unanimously navigating that because there have been situations where friends, family, whomever, witnesses, if you will, have literally said to me, I don't know how you did that. And I almost feel like that's an out of body of experience for me because I don't necessarily feel like I operate from that space nine times out of 10. You know, this platform is a sacred space for me. When I interact in other mediums, there is some code switching where I have to be more direct. I have to be more assertive. I have to be um, more versatile when it comes to the lingo and the communication and all those sort of things in order to allow myself the opportunity to have those doors open for me. And that's an unwritten rule especially in the career 
you know, aspect of being an entrepreneur and all that's a privilege. That's a big thing, a big milestone coming from an immigrant background is a huge, huge, huge responsibility in and of itself. Being the first born in America, there's so many hopes and dreams. I cannot imagine and tell you how that feels to a parent who has fought. There's a battle that you don't see. And I hadn't seen it for many years because obviously I, I, ne I never lived it. You know, what it means to leave an oppressed country and have a struggling childhood and then coming to a country, starting anew, starting fresh, you know, going through the process of having a child and then having that child kind of be the fruit of my labor to be able to change the dynamics of our future. And that's an unwritten or sometimes unspoken conversation, but it's its presence is definitely felt for me. I'm definitely wide and very alert and very aware that there's an expe expectation of my behavior, um, of my responsibility and expectation around what I should be doing and how I should be doing things. And there's a lot of decisions that have been made out of fear. Um, and that's trickled towards me. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things, even though I'm, I am uniquely made and I have my own destiny and my own um, future, there's still a lot of impressionable moments, which, you know, bled over to me and that I've accepted and I've never questioned. And I talk about that in my, the, you know, my mother and, and I um, episode and other episodes where I talk about how based on how I was nurtured, I just accepted those. Um, I just accepted that as being like, that's the rule. That's how you act. That's what you do. That's how you respond. I never tried to adopt my sense of self in that interaction. And I definitely, I wish that wasn't the case. But I'm learning that I have the choice to do things differently. And I'm thankful that I'm grace, graceful enough and, and compassionate enough with myself to be able to look at things differently and adjust and, and, and make those adjustments necessary. But it's truly God who's carried me through this experience where I can have this evolution and still have a connection with him. So one of the things that's not guaranteed is relationships with anyone family, friends, strangers, whatever. It's not guaranteed. It is a choice to maintain that relationship, to interact with that relationship, to have that relationship exist, period. But with God, he has been so flexible and so consistent, um, so protective, so, so trusting, so consistent in just who I am and investing in me. That alone... I am eternally in debt for that, you know, just knowing that, um, that the things that I've gone through, the things that I've experienced have been building blocks to who I am right now. And I could honestly go on and on and on, but I don't give him enough credit to why I'm able to shift my brain, if you will, into a better state of mind, why I'm able to be humble about things, why I'm able to carry and deal with things. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. There are many times in my life where I felt like, um, I don't, I felt alone. I felt like he wasn't with me. I felt like he did forsake me. I felt like he did, you know, kind of move on, if you will. I felt like he just didn't, he, he didn't, he wasn't there for me. He wasn't, 
he wasn't a part of what I was going through. And, and I remember there were times in middle school where that was really, really challenging, dealing with my father, stepping out on my mom, my mom being very angry, very angry, very bitter, very uncomfortable about it. And that was a pivotal moment for me when it came to respect for a relationship and for a, you know, a household that you've chosen to be with. Um, that, that definitely answers my question when it comes to infidelity and how deep they feel with it, because I adopted that same sense of just anger, but I've also evolved that feeling into being, um, just a little bit understanding that someone being unfaithful to you is not a reflection of you. I don't care how it's positioned. I don't care what they say. I don't care how they put it. I don't they. It's not a reflection of you. It is a whole within themselves. And so I understand it now. But, you know, during those times of middle school was really challenging for me because you're trying to find yourself. I was overweight. Um, I couldn't, I didn't really, I wouldn't say fit in. I didn't really have a group because I was also an Islander. So a lot of the um, friends or the people that I knew, they didn't come from the island or islands. Um, they were African-American and their cultures were completely different. The foods that we ate, how they dressed, the things that they watched, you know, back, and I sound like an oldie, but um, when I was growing up, there wasn't that many representations of, you know, island people. And the the most truest form I could find was at home. And when I got to culture and you know, absorbing culture and coming from a different culture, it was like two different worlds. You know, because in the school system, you would find mainstream stuff, um, whether it be, you know, artists and stuff like that. I'd always lean, lean towards R&B, but it was it was really challenging because I was trying to figure out myself and having that stuff going on. There was a lot of times where I used creative expression to just really describe how I was feeling and give myself an outlet because I definitely felt removed from everything that I was going through. So as I'm going through this time and I'm really trying to find myself and having all of these like core memories happen to me, I, I recall also being, I wouldn't say forced, but motivated to go to church. And, um, it was because there were people who were pulling me out of my circumstances to bring me to church. And at that time, when you didn't have a car, you you basically couldn't get dropped up to the mall because they didn't trust you enough. Having an excuse to do something on the weekend was worth it. And a lot of times I would end up in church and it was either with my sister or with my aunt. Um, and these were pivotal moments where I didn't always understand everything that was going on because I never went to Bible study, uh, but I always went to see the sermons. And I was grateful enough to have pastors who I hate to say are not memorable right now as far as names. And I never followed up with them, but the things that they talked about, it always caught my eye. It always was an opportunity for me to ponder on and what the message was and the meeting the people who attended the church. I had enough experience of people who were drawn there by faith, um, that I, it, 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 it resonated with me it definitely rubbed off on me where I felt like to be so drawn to a God that you can't see, you can't feel, you can't touch, but understand his presence is felt. Um, it was just, 
enlightening. And at the time, don't get me wrong, I didn't appreciate it, meaning I didn't recognize how it was divine destiny that I was dealing with such a really rough time, but also showing up to church (laughs) and how that correlated with one another. And I never said no to going to church. I never was opposed to going to church. Um, I was also motivated going to church because there was someone there that I enjoyed seeing and I was hopeful to see. So it was like a double edged sword where I was like, Ooh, and I get to, you know, go to church. So it's quite interesting how all of those like pieces intertwined amongst one another. But, um, even in my darkest days, he was always with me. Now, that's something that's hard to hold on to because when you are in a space where you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to understand why you're here, you have to have enough courage and faith and understanding that you will not be able to see the receipt, see the synopsis, see any of the credits until the story has has been done. Like it's, it's done. One of the biggest things I would recommend to people who are currently going through storms is appreciate the wind, appreciate the purpose behind a storm. A storm does things that regular daily, sunny, beautiful days can't do. Um, whether it be moving, you know, planting seeds in different locations, watering plants that are overly necessary, getting rid of, um, um, you know, things that shouldn't exist anymore. A storm, it's like a, it's a rebirth, you know, it may feel like um, an opportunity to have basically like a a storm and, you know, oh, hopefully somebody's okay. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but that's the police, not for here. Um, But, you know, a storm's opportunity for things to be rebuilt. It's an opportunity for things to be rethought, you know, it's an opportunity to see what the limits of things are, you know, the resiliency of certain things. Um, all of those things are to be considered whenever there is a storm. Um, but usually a storm is a, a nuisance. It's, uh, my gosh. So here in South Florida, by the time you guys actually listen to this, it, the storm would have already passed. But Nicole is the storm that we're going to have this week. And, you know, I've learned to embrace, if not welcome storms, welcome you know, friction, because that means that he's, he's working on you. He's working on you. His attention is on you. Your rock bottom may be near. Um, I was talking with a friend of mine and she mentioned that she was in a really tough space. And, you know, I actually lost friends by (laughs) saying how happy I was that they were at rock bottom because it, it feels like you're rooting on my downfall. You're rooting on me falling. What I'm really saying to you, it, what I'm really trying to say is that I'm glad that you're able to see the bottom of everything you've had to go through. That's when you find your grounding. That's when you stand on, you can stand on your feet. You are not swimming and kicking and, and frolicking and searching. You know where the ground is and you can stand, you know? Um, and so that alone is, is important. It's very important. My testimony includes many of those moments, um, setbacks, drawbacks, whether I be, I remember one time I was actually scolded by one of my mentors um, because of a decision that I made and I felt so righteous. I felt so righteous in my decision. I felt like I knew what I was doing. I felt like I understood. I read the assignment. I answered correctly. I couldn't have been blamed for the outcome. 
And she went in on me and I was on the verge of tears because I was like, but one of the things that you have to do in those moments is allow the person you trust in. Because sometimes their words are words that were given to them from God himself. And the idea was that this person is your messenger and you've chosen to give them access. You've chosen to include them in their life. And this is their moment where they're here here to shake shit up and do the talking for God himself. Um, You know, trusting oneself with people and stuff like that is, is, is quite tricky because sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we, you know, overly trust, but I don't take any experience in life as a, as a waste, you know, like a waste of time or anything like that. I understand it's a part of the puzzle. You know, there's a part of the puzzle that includes the box and the packaging and the, you know, plastic that goes over the instructions. It's not a waste of time. It serves a purpose. Everything serves a purpose. And once you understand that you don't throw out the insignificant or what you deem to be insignificant moments, um, there's so many parts of the story that need to be told and need to, um, coexist with all of these things. And so it's a very unique place to be in. Um, it's definitely something that I truly enjoy just dissecting. And sometimes I sit in it too much in my last episode, I talk about that and just that whole experience, but you know, here I am participating because my testimony is is crucial to my outcome. You know, I find that when I have my mojo, it means that I've assessed or I've dealt with the storm well enough that I now get the opportunity to, to look at the aftermath and really understand the beauty in everything. And that's something that I'm not taking for granted. I am deeply enjoying this, this, this vantage point. And I love these moments because I prefer them because having your mojo is so like, ah, it just feels like you can do anything. Yes. It's scary. Yes. It's uncomfortable, but you can still do it. And that's the point versus when you're in the storm and you're at the rock bottom, you're like, when is this going to end? Why is nothing working? It just feels like you're trying to put a triangle in a square and you're like, why isn't this fitting? This is not making sense. Um, but once you understand there's a triangle over here, you're like, oh, okay. So it served a purpose. <laughs> it served a purpose for me to get that wrong, to get this one right. You know, so <clears throat> it's definitely something that it's an acquired taste. It definitely takes some time to understand and assess these things, but you have to sit and understand your perspective and the the purpose of your experience, the purpose of your existence whether it be finding who you are, honing in on those things. I think it's one of those things. If something comes around your your brain space, your 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 um, vicinity long enough or consistent enough, it's important for you to try it. It's important to you for you to pay attention to it because there's many messages and many different things. And if it's there consistently, there's there's a reason for it. I don't think you should ever shy away from it. I don't think you should ignore it. I don't think you should act like it didn't exist. I think it's important for you to um, welcome these things into your life. And I'm so motivated by the fact that my testimony has created everything in me. This is my testimony. You know, all of it, you know, it's ups, it's downs, it's unforsaken, unforgiving moments, it's victories. Um, 
it's 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 such a beautiful space to be in you know this this movement this piece of me truly truly changes how i look at life one of the key things i have to remind myself is that i am the narrator i am also the participant in my own journey and i have been the person to suffocate, to hesitate, to um, give no movement (laughs) to my own destiny. It's like, I can't sit on the couch. I can't sit on the couch and dream about a day that I'm going to be thinner or I'm going to be healthier or I'm going to be more proactive. I have to participate in doing the things that are necessary to have that outcome in order to have that outcome. And for many years, um, at different points in my life, I have been just sitting in all of my shit, just sitting in it. My testimony doesn't include that I am perfect and that I have always had my shit together. It doesn't include that I have made the wrong turn several times or have gone back to that same wrong turn several times. Um, It definitely has its dips, its highs and lows. And it has its moments where you feel like, God damn, like, (laughs) when are you going to get the memo? But something that I had said that I was just kind of like feeling like I needed to harness and I needed to understand was that this journey in particular of my life is a pivotal moment to my future. Right now, this season, this era that I'm in right now, and you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but something gives me the sense that I need to be front row and center to what is going on in my life right now to unlock major life-changing things in my life, in my legacy, in my ancestors, all of those pieces. And if I don't, I'm going to lose the opportunity because of my neglect and because of my lack of application, you know, towards this, this, this process my capability, I've seen myself do things that I deemed were impossible, you know, whether it be losing weight from scratch, um, you know, getting these two degrees done, um, getting a job that has held me together has been my playground, has been my support system, has been my sense of home, um, you know, traveling to places that I thought I would never go to, um, participating in different things that I thought I would never you know, associate with or have the opportunity to see or do. Um, Experiencing moments with myself in what could be a a complete thing of just crazy assumptions. Um, You know, there's been so many pieces that I've been able to explore and experience because I got up and I did something about it. And it takes effort and you'll notice how, for me, how the cycles work is this. So if you're trying to get your mojo, if you're trying to understand why don't I feel like I have my mojo, there's cycles, there's ebb and flows, there's highs and lows, there's king tide, there's low tide, there's high tide, there's all of these different things that are part of the evolution. Now, I had to carry this on my back and think that me carrying it was the best form of giving it life I could possibly do to realize that 
even though I'm carrying it, I'm dropping things left and right. It's I can't keep everything in my hand. I can't keep everything with me. So, so I need to just completely drop it. And once I dropped it and realized that all of these things I were I was carrying had their own life and had their own destiny, you know, friends, family, you know, life in itself, I could relinquish control from assuming or acting as the sense of direction and letting God and then shifting my energy into myself. I was able to find my mojo, pull it out, dust it off, (laughs) um, sit with it for a little bit and then say, hold its hand and say, let's go, let's do this. So that's where I'm at right now. And it's this, so there's a question that Brene Brown always asks her listeners. Um, and it's basically, what's the lesson that, you know, God or life keeps teaching you over and over again that you just haven't gotten? Or what's a very shitty lesson that someone, you know, shitty advice someone's ever given you? I think, I think those are two different questions anyways. And I would have to say it's that when you put yourself first, you win. When you put yourself first, you win. And everyone else around you wins. Because they're interacting, you're interacting, you're operating from a a space that is whole, is enough, is enough, is its purest essence. Um, And that is the highest quality that, that exists. But when you, you know, start entertaining, start giving out, you know, you start diluting all of that essence. And what you're left with is a, 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 like a, I don't know. It's just, it's not even close. It's not even close to what it actually is. And I sometimes forget, and I have forgotten, this is where this lesson comes from, (laughs) that the more I drop the things that I own or neglect the things that I own or forget about the things that I own or overlook the things that I own or I have or whatever accompanied, the harder it is to pick them back up, to recognize them, to appreciate them, to acknowledge them. And that work of doing the sub work of reconnecting with those things and finding value and and why you were connected because you've absorbed other people um, and their lives or you've serviced other things in your life, whether it be a job, um, a career, an opportunity, a memory, a you know, whatever. It is tiresome. It is scary. It sometimes the shoe doesn't fit anymore. And then you're like, what's the purpose? What's the point? This is why I've been doing other things. Um, But you got to stick with it. You got to stick with yourself. You can't give up on you. You cannot give up on you. You can give up on anything else but you. And I stress that completely. I cannot give up on myself. I can give up on my circumstance, but I can't give up on me. And that's something I want everyone to to at least take away from this conversation is my testimony includes me not giving up on me because 
other things, external things are always going to let you down. That's natural. That's normal. You don't control those outcomes. Even with yourself, there's many things you don't control, but one thing's for sure, you can always have faith in you. And that's something that I can't ignore. I can't stop betting on me, you know, and showing up for me and loving on me. And it's, it's one of those things that I, I'll never take for granted. Um, but it's definitely a lesson that I've had to learn several times. And the more that I, I invest in me and, and give in and, and not give in, but, you know, surrender to God and, you know, remember myself, the better my life has, has been, you know, the better outcomes I've had, the better experiences I've had, the better life I've had. And it's because it starts from me. It's because of me. And, you know, that sometimes can seem weird, if you will, because it's like, how can I generate all of this goodness? Because it comes within, because you're, you're watering your, your soil and you're maintaining and you're, you're, you know, diversifying the, the crop and, you know, that whole world, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's an ecosystem. It's a cycle that benefits from continuous intentional care and it shows. And that's definitely something that I, 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 I got to continue to navigate and allow it to, to exist alongside other things. We talk about giver syndrome and just how easy it can be a disease of just giving all that you've got and how women in in general kind of suffer, if you will, from that and how important it is for us to not lean towards that. I struggle with that too. I struggle with that all the time, you know, choosing others instead of myself, you know, negotiating with myself about what I should be able to get. And I am a big advocate for speaking up on that, you know, when it comes to making certain decisions of how quickly and how easily easy it is for us to say 50 bucks for that makes sense for this person but 50 bucks for me seems like whoa that's too much who do you think you are why do you need all of that money for that you know and so it's really about taking these steps that are necessary to allow yourself to flourish in the way that you deserve and i wish that for everyone i want that for everyone and i i hope that everyone gets to receive that I can't thank you guys enough for listening. I deeply appreciate it. And just, it's the reason why I keep doing it. The reason why I love doing it is because I know there are people out there that appreciate my words and I will continue to post and she's back. She's back. She's feeling good about it. She's making time for it. And I'm pouring into my cup and I hope you, you guys do the same until next time.